0: Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the story was made from the writers and editors who made it. Hi, it's March 7th. I'm Sophie Will and I'm the managing editor. Abby is unfortunately covering a story today so she can't be with us. So I have our in-depth and data editor, Matt Nixa, here with us. Hi, Matt, how are you doing?
1: Doing well, Um, happy to be here. Thank you for having me on this week's podcast.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we're really excited to have you. Um, one cool thing that Matt and I are doing this week is we are going to NICAR, which is the um, National Institute for Computer Assisted Reporting. It's really exciting. Um, it is in Newport Beach, California, and both of us get to go with three other grad students, and we get to learn about investigative data reporting for
1: five days in
0: sunny California, hopefully.
1: so Can't, can't be anything better than that.
0: Exactly. We're really excited. So, um, we just wanted to talk about investigative data reporting which is both of our specialties we both love it a whole lot Um, and we wanted to specifically talk about some of the things that we publish in our in-depth and data section um, that started this past fall when I was the in-depth data editor, and now Matt is our second editor. So we wanted to talk about what we call a weekly wonder. So Matt, will you tell us a little bit about what a weekly wonder is in this past week, what we did?
1: Sure, yeah, so a weekly wonder, it's a weekly interactive graphic or data table that we think is newsworthy. And uh, this past week, I did a weekly wonder about rush hour traffic in the greater Boston area. So the transportation analytics firm called INRIX uh, analyzed 500 terabytes of data from covering over 5 million miles of road in 200 different cities in 38 countries, basically to compile an annual ranking of cities by congestion. And they found that Boston, the greater Boston area, uh, ranks first in rush, like basically... the has some of the worst rush hour traffic in the U.S. Uh, it taught the list in terms of rush hour traffic. Um, the average greater Boston driver spent 164 hours in rush hour traffic last year and lost an average of $2,291 in lost productivity and wasted fuel last year as well. Uh, both those numbers nice. were the highest in the country. The second most congested U.S. city was Washington, D.C. with 155 hours and $2,161 lost in productivity nice. and fuel.
0: That's not to mention your peace of mind. Really? That's so crazy. And I mean, not really surprising. I was surprised, you know, compared to maybe L.A. or New York to find this out. But I mean, that's why we have data to see that what's the worst and what's the best
1: and everything in between. No, exactly. And I should mention that this um, report, this INRIX report, has uh, one caveat in that it's the analysis of uh, rush hour traffic is different from last year's. Last year, the um, analysis was over an entire day, and this year, the analysis was over uh, if you commuted during the worst rush hour driving conditions compared to during off-peak driving conditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year, I believe Boston ranked seventh in the U.S. in terms of congestion, but because this year they studied only the worst rush hour driving conditions, it topped the list in both um, rush hour traffic and the average cost of rush hour traffic.
0: Right. That's crazy. And it's always important when you're analyzing data to see, when, you, especially when you're comparing over a period of time, to see how things change and how things are studied differently. Because, you know, it's just right. like science. As we grow and we learn, we're going to add and subtract different ways that we measure things. Um, but that can screw with the results that we get. So it's really important that we take noted that. So, um, and then this upcoming week's Weekly Wonder, to give you a little tease, um, why
1: don't you tell me about that, Matt? Sure, yeah, so uh, the New York Times, last month they published a database that basically answered the question how much warmer was your city last year? And the database was compiled by AccuWeather and about 83% of the cities um, in this database saw an average temperature that was higher than normal last year. And what they mean by higher than normal is the temperature range, the average of the highs and lows for each day from 1981 to 2010 and boston's average temperature last year was 53 degrees which was 1.6 degrees uh higher than normal so i'd like Mm -hmm. to do a weekly wonder that basically shows how boston's average temperature has changed over the last five to ten years and then plotted out uh over an interactive graphic so yeah absolutely um, i think that'd be pretty interesting and um i'm also interested to see i guess how the temperature has changed over the last 10 years because the normal temperature that the new york times used was between 1981 to 2010 so if we do analysis mm-hmm. over the last 10 years that's basically where that normal temperature range ends and then where this interactive graphic begins.
0: Yeah, that's so crazy. And given that this past weekend we have endured two major snowstorms and had something like, I don't know, 10 plus inches dump on Boston, um, I saw that we are finally catching up to the season average when it comes to snowfall, but it's in the middle of March. Um, And, you know, as we know, climate change is a accepted scientific fact. And so to see this being Revealed in data is one of the reasons why we do data journalism. Um, Where did you find you found us in the New York Times, and, and where did they get
1: it? So they they got it from AccuWeather. Oh, okay. uh, and then it's a database of more than 3,800 cities. Um, and AccuWeather had compiled this data. And then so the New York Times created a graphic. I actually recommend you go to the Times' website to mm-hmm. view the graphic. It was originally um, published on January 28th and updated on February 6th. Um, right. And the Times, as you and I know, makes some of the most, I guess, aesthetically pleasing
0: <laughs> graphics. We're living in a post snowfall world. Exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: the, the At least the most aesthetically pleasing in my book. Um, mm. So I thought the way that they portrayed the change and average temperature uh, from 2018 compared to 2017 uh, made a lot of sense and also looked pretty good, too. So
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you make a couple really good points when it comes to, you know, how we do data visualization because, um, number one, we have to know where this data comes from. And AccuWeather right. is a credible source. They do really good analysis um, and data collection. And then, you know, how it's visualized. and you always have to be wary of how certain types of data are visualized, if it's any type of bias, if there's any um, anything that's skewing or trying to convince the reader that things are more dramatic than they are. But I think that the Times did a really good job with this particular graphic um, in showing how the Earth is warming you right. know, very very slowly, qu- quicker than we all would like, but it is warming. Um, in a way that is engaging to readers, and and that's one of the main points of data visualization. But also, you know, sometimes data nerds kind of get the caveat that, um, you know, what are you saying, you know, this is a lot of numbers, we are communications people, we don't do a lot of numbers, but numbers are important, numbers are important to, to stories, and when you put them in this format that any reader can understand, that is when you can get really powerful stories out of this
1: right no, I totally agree I mean the first sentence in this times graphic was that scientists announced that 2018 was the fourth warmest year on record which mm-hmm. I mean that's a pretty impactful statement as it is but I think people need or they would want to see numbers to back that up right. and you need to create either a graphic or have a database uh, where you can um, look at the statistics make sure you have scraped the data set first right. and then um, be able to uh, you display the data in a way that gets people's attention and also is clear it's not like conf- confusing graphic, Um, and I think the Times did that pretty well. So, I mean, uh, 2018 was the fourth warmest year on record. 83% of the city's Nisaki weather database saw average temperatures higher than normal last year. Mm -hmm. I think the data and the scientific evidence is pretty clear. The earth is getting warmer, so.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So we don't only do numbers all the time. The other part of the in-depth and data section is the in-depth part. So this semester we published a story by Sabrina Schner, who's a former editor here, and this is a story she wrote last semester about Boston's Wicked Free Wi-Fi, which is supposedly a public, free, open Wi-Fi that is supposed to be in public spaces including parks, schools, things like that. And um, when she was delving into where this Wicked Free Wi-Fi is via the spreadsheets and locations and press releases, she found out that a lot of them weren't working Wi-Fi's. They were um, not providing signal. They needed um verification, they needed some sort of help to make it work. And it just wasn't what the city was promising. Right. So yeah. It was a really great story. And um I thought, you know, just kind of really reflects what we do in the in depth section, which is to expose where especially the government is falling short and where it can better serve. Mm. Uh, its citizens. So yeah, what did you think of the story?
1: Yeah, I, I thought the story was very interesting as well. I mean, there were a couple things that stood out. Um, one of the locations of the tower that was on the city of Boston's website was not a real address, uh, mm-hmm. which is a big red flag. It shows that either somebody inputted the data incorrectly, or um, there was just some breakdown communication as to where the towers were going to be installed, and um, who was going to like put that address in the data set and also um, at the end of the story there was a mention about uh, Mathers Elementary, Mather Elementary in Dorchester and it reported to have three of the 167 towers from the 2017 list of towers but the operator of the school said that they never have heard of the um, Wicked Free Wi-Fi program mm-hmm. and um, there was no free, Wicked Free Wi-Fi on the school's campus or uh, even in the general vicinity so um, the fact that the One of the operators of the school didn't even know this existed and the data set online said that three of the towers were there and that's a pretty substantial breakdown of communication. Mm -hmm. So, um, And hopefully the city of Boston and the Main Streets program is working to um, try to find a way to solve this issue. And hopefully get free Wi-Fi in low-income neighborhoods and people who need it, like in elementary school, that would definitely benefit from that. So,
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's really important that this story was done. And I remember she said that she called City Hall for comment, and a lot of them, or at least the lady who answered her didn't really know what she was talking about and said that they hadn't really talked about it at meetings, but now they're going to. And she was like, no, I have to write this story. Um, um, You know, don't write that, or don't make changes just yet. We wanna show you how you're not doing (laughs) what you're supposed to be doing, which happens a lot. Um, You know, when you call an official source, especially when you're working investigative work, when you're getting that comment from the source that you are analyzing, um, a lot of them will say, yeah, we are failing but we're gonna do it right now. And you're like, no, 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 right. you can't do that. Um, we're still gonna write the story. Um. So, yeah, that was great. And then last thing we wanted to just talk about um, is NICAR. We get to brag about it and think about that for a second. Um, we're really excited. We're going with uh, Professor Maggie Mulvihill, um and three other grad students, like we said. Um, it is going to be so great. And Matt and I both have a mentor.
1: Matt, your mentor is? It's uh, Todd Walk. He's part mm-hmm. of the Investigative Swallow Team uh, for the Boston Globe. Uh, he's a data journalist himself. I spoke with him uh, last Wednesday. I'll be getting breakfast with him on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to have such a distinguished mentor who's so knowledgeable about the uh, journalism industry and also about data journalism, two things I'm yeah. very interested in. So,
0: Yeah, I love Todd. It, he's so great. And I work at the Globe. and. You know, it's great seeing him in the newsroom and seeing him in a lot of the things that I do, too. And on Twitter, it's great. Um, He's a really great guy. And my mentor is um, Jennifer Smith Richards, who's the senior uh, data reporter at the Chicago Tribune, um, which is so cool. She's so cool. Um, And she's been to NICAR every year for the past 12 years. So she's got a lot of um, advice and history to share. And I'm just really excited. We'll both be going to that uh, breakfast on Friday um, and I'm meeting with her on Thursday morning to kind of get the lowdown on what's (laughs) what's good and what's what's not so yeah it's basically five days where we get to be with our own kind a special kind of journalist who um you know talks the talk and walks the walk that we do um where we can talk about numbers all day and never get bored and talk about FOIAs um you know, I'm, I'm really excited, and Matt and I are both taking these longer add-on classes um, that are three hours long where we learn a specific skill. So I'm taking Intro to R, which is a um, coding language, and I'm taking Web Scraping with Python, which should be good. And then the rest of the classes that I'm taking are really good on coding and data and making quick stories, making good in-depth stories, how to use machines. Um, how to use machines to make them work for you. So what classes are you taking, Matt?
1: I'm also taking Intro to R, and then I'm Mm -hmm. also taking a class called Upping Your Excel Game. I've experienced uh, using Microsoft Excel to scrape data, Mm -hmm. and then uh, input data into spreadsheets, but I'd really like to um, build my knowledge in Excel and also be able to learn new skills I just haven't learned from my data journalism and uh, journalism research courses. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'm um, going to take a course on um, using data, or using Tableau, sorry, uh, to create data visualizations. I learned a little mm-hmm. bit about Tableau. It's a software that you can use to make um, visualizations. Some of the best visualizations I've seen have been on Tableau mm-hmm. involving maps. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to building my knowledge of SQL um, mm-hmm. and using that. So hopefully when I you know, leave the conference, I have a greater breadth and depth of knowledge uh, using coding language like R and SQL. That would be great to yeah. build my... Uh, skills of uh, data journalists, so data journalists.
0: Yeah, it's really exciting, and um, if anybody has any questions for us or things that um, you want to learn more about, we're going to be learning about it, so uh, give us a comment, give us a message, let us know what you want to know more about, and we can share with you. That's part of our mission here at Buns is sharing what knowledge that we have um, as we're all students and making sure that you have a place to publish your best work um, with help from the best editors that you can get. So we're really excited for that, and we're really excited that we had you on our show today. So thank you, Matt. Thank you. Again, really
1: happy to be here. Hopefully back in the near future. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully.
0: Um, And that's all we have for this week. So thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We have pitch meeting today at 6.30 p.m. in COM 321. And shoot us an email at beyournewservice at gmail.com. Check out our work at beyournewservice.com. And until next week, this has been Between the Bylines.